Hi, everybody. My name is Rav Ariel. Welcome to the session. So we'll start with just a little bit of practice so that we can really soak in the power of this day. We'll do a short, quick few minutes of meditation together. I'll then teach a little bit, some concepts for us to be thinking about today, especially today. And then we'll do another practice and I'll give you a few ways for us to connect moving forward. So let's do that. First, I'll ring a bell. And of course, your mind will wander. So just as it wanders, when you notice that it's wandering, make a choice to bring it back. That's what our practice is. So just now, if you, I invite you to close your eyes and just listen to the bell. Okay, so just see if you can bring your attention to your breath. Notice your entire body is kind of like a balloon, a big balloon. Notice how your rib cage expands every time you breathe. and how it contracts every time you breathe out. You might also notice that even though probably most of the day today and most of the time you're not really paying attention to your breath, still keeps going. It's kind of amazing that even without doing anything at all, just keeps chugging along. It's kind of awesome. So now we're just witnessing it a little bit more real time. As it's doing its thing. You can feel your belly expanding. You can feel your whole body kind of doing a little bit of a bob up and down your torso. And of course, our minds will pull us away. Totally normal. When we notice that we've been pulled away by some thought or another, we'll just make a decision to come on back. 
really be here today, now. As our day is coming to a close, we want to feel it. We want to live it. We want to be awake. This once in a lifetime, this moment is here now, it'll be gone. Just as soon as it arrived. So just listening to the bells again. Taking a deep breath, this is an amazing exercise, a deep breath, and then slow, long exhale, like as if through a straw. You can feel it all through your entire body, and you start to pay attention, that kind of breath just takes a few of them, they're so powerful. So welcome to the JMCTX, the Jewish Mindfulness Center of Texas Yom Kippur Mindfulness Session. And uh, just give, I want to give some gratitude. I want to thank Karen Hurwitz for all she does all year round to make sure that this uh these opportunities keep popping up for our community. She's really the engine behind all of this. And Rabbi Strauss, thank you so much for uh, continuing to support the work that we're doing. And uh, to the rest of the leadership who have made it possible for us to continue to build such a thriving piece of Beth Yashurin's offerings for this entire community. Uh, so, Thank you. Thanks to, thanks to all of you. And I'm sure there's other people I, I should be mentioning, but there's a lot of people who make this all happen, so thank you. And uh, so today, Yom Kippur, what's today? Yom Kippur is this day that we use to reflect on all of this past year's flubs, our mistakes. You know, most of those were unintentional right they they are things that we we didn't mean it we didn't mean to do those things i hope i hope um ashamnu we did it we did it look at all these things that we've done and that's that's the thing that's what we're working on in this practice is that we have this problem that we want the cake and we want the chocolate and the burger and the fries and the milkshake and we want to check our Facebook and we want to clear our inbox and and we're just do it and do it and do it. And then it feels good for a moment, right? It feels good. Finally, I got the end of my no more notifications on my phone, right? And then and then what? You know, those things, maybe they're not so bad. Maybe depending on how often we're doing them, but there's bigger 
more worrisome ways that that affects us. Like this concept in positive psychology of the hedonic treadmill, if you haven't heard it, it basically means that even when we have positive or negative uh, events happen in our lives, like, you know, winning the lottery or in, like in a really bad way, getting becoming disabled, it temporarily alters our level of happiness. And then in a pretty quick amount of time, we just come back to whatever our baseline is, our emotional kind of set point. So this hedonic treadmill concept basically says that it really doesn't matter what you try to do. Your kind of set point of happiness is going to be just right there. So you may have a spike and then come back and then drop and come back. The real question is, what's driving those? Those desires, those bids for getting away from where we're at. Those desires to do things that are not the best for us. And we know it. We know that they're not. And we have these desires, right? We're trying to get things covetous a little bit, right? We want something you know, whatever we're wanting, and then we get it, and then we want the next thing. Or we don't want a thing, right? We try to, I don't like it to be too hot, right? Or I don't like it to be too cold. I'm a, I'm a cold more often than I'm hot. The AC. So I try to cover up, and then it's the next thing, and then the next thing, and then the next thing. And so I get up and I move. Or we don't like something. We don't feel safe with whatever emotion we're having. And instead of just feeling it, the sadness, we turn it into fear. Or the sadness or the fear, we turn it into anger or rage or anxiety. You know, as Brene Brown says it, she says, pain is also a vulnerable emotion. We don't think of it that way. But she says, it takes real courage to allow ourselves to feel pain. Because when we're suffering, many of us are better at causing pain than feeling it. And so we spread hurt to other people and to ourselves as well, rather than just feel the pain that we're feeling. And so instead of feeling it, we just bring it out more into the world. And our tradition is teaching us this very important principle that we've also learned from Rabbi Alan Liu here in our book club at the JMCTX. He's saying the hot tip that this time of year is giving us I like that he says a hot tip. What a funny way of saying it. He's saying, it's saying, take the suffering. Like, just take the loss. Take the difficult feeling and turn towards it and embrace it. Because if we don't, then it leads us 
instead of just dealing with the difficulty of how things are, we then act in ways that make it even harder to be, ways that we're not proud of. And then we end up back here a year from now on Yom Kippur in the same position, just making the same mistakes on this treadmill that keeps bringing us back to the same spot. So there's a, there's a solution that's within our tradition. Magid of Mezrich, who is a 1700s student of the Baal Shem Tov, who founded Hasidism, he teaches that each day we need to begin by inviting the divine to be a partner with every one of our senses. It doesn't sound like that big of a deal, but it is. It's saying, what happens when we just notice our body in ways that we never did before? He also talks about thought as one of the ways that we can sense the world, which is interesting. He's saying, notice what you're thinking. It sounds obvious that we should notice these things, but it's not, it's not so obvious because what happens when we don't do that? What happens when we don't pay attention to how we feel and to what we are desiring and to what we don't desire is that we end up making the same mistakes over and over. But when we do, when we do pay attention, when we do start to notice and learn how to just be with what's happening, that's freedom. That's how we break the pattern. It's simple, right? It's so simple, but it's not so easy. So we train and we practice and we learn new techniques to do that. We pay attention to our body and we notice our thoughts and we build our capacity with practice, the capacity to refrain, the capacity to refrain. We learn to refrain. Just like today, like we're fasting, many of us, those of us who are able to fast, we're fasting so that it can teach us the, the, the skill of refraining so that before we take actions, before we make statements and let words fly out of our mouths, we pause and we reflect. What is driving me to do that? And is there maybe a feeling here that's pushing me around? My teacher, Sylvia Borstein, I love that lady. She says, if we want to be free from the endless cycles of struggling with temptation, of desire, then what I need to keep rediscovering, I like that she uses this word rediscovering because it doesn't happen all at once. What I need to keep rediscovering is that the pain of the struggle is greater than the pain of the desire. And if I develop a habit of restraining myself, like we're doing today, then I'll enjoy 
the relief of feeling the desire pass. And I'll remember, I'll remember, I'll be able to practice and remember that desires aren't the problem. It's the feeling pushed around by them that's the problem. And I love that she ends it this way. She says, it's not that I'm going to stop having desires. I'll continue to have desires, of course, because I'm alive. But they'll be more modest in their demands because I'll have built the skill of being able to deal with them, to address them head on, feeling them actually, instead of getting pushed around. And I think that's Yom Kippur in a nutshell. It's saying to us, by refraining from eating and drinking and doing all the things that we were refraining from all the things that we refrain from on Yom Kippur, it teaches us to refrain so that we can become free. I want it. So what? I don't want it. So what? That's life, right? I don't get to do everything I want. I do plenty of things I don't want to do. That's what it means to be a free person. I do because it's good and right, not because of how I feel. Days like today are charged with a power to change the quality of our consciousness. Even if nothing else changes in our lives, this event, this experience, this day will teach us, has the power to teach us, to transform the way we experience our lives so that they can be different. It's like a, I also want to give us just a little bit before we jump back into the Siddur again. A little bit of an inoculation against the Sidur and some of the way it's phrased. If you made it this long, maybe it doesn't bother you that much. Maybe you never noticed, I don't know. But this is not supernatural. None of this is supernatural. We're not praying to a king in the sky. I'm not praying to a king in the sky. We're praying to the little part of us that knows better. that knows when we are on the good path or not. And we're saying, help me. Help me stay connected. Help me to remember how amazing this life is so that I don't miss it. So that I don't cause more suffering for myself, for other people around me in the same way that I did this year. So that's what we do renunciation practices. So I want to lean into the fact that we're already do, we're doing this today already. We're strong already. We're ready to do this. So there's a, uh, let me just give a little disclaimer on your thoughts on thought. So uh, the Piazetsna Rebbe, who's um, only about 100 years ago, lived about 100 years ago, he would say, he says, um, you cannot control your thoughts. And if you want to uh, find the proof of this, then uh, try to predict for me the next day of your thoughts. Right? 
it's like a that's absurd like how could you know what you're gonna think 24 hours in advance from your from yourself like there's no way there's no way so what he's saying is uh, he's trying to just point out the fact that noticing our our thoughts is is the practice it's not that we're going to be able to stop ourselves from thinking and and it's not that we need to believe that it's up to us how we think because if we could we would probably not think some of the things that we think you know for sure i would choose probably otherwise but you don't have to take it personally either it's not anything you're doing to make it so they just come up and you don't have to believe it. Um, and he says, look, the difference between somebody who's sane and somebody who's insane is somebody who is sane doesn't act on every thought. And the person who is insane does. Or they say them all out loud or something. Right? So the practice is when you, you notice that the thought has pulled you away and you pay attention to we're going to use our breath or I'll give you a few options. Your mind will wander off for sure. No question. But after a while, you'll notice that your mind is off taking a hike somewhere else, somewhere in La La Land, right? And you're grateful that you noticed that it's not here where you were trying to keep it. So then you return your mind back to whatever we're focusing on. And it's, that's it. That's it. We're trying to, cultivate moments of catching ourselves off somewhere else and it's that simple that's and i didn't say easy not easy but it is simple so we'll do a practice uh i'll ring a bell we'll practice for 10 minutes together and um and then i'll ring another few bells and uh and we'll wrap up for the day so let's get into it so just if you get comfortable, not too comfortable that you're going to fall asleep, we want to stay awake and, uh, and listen. Just listen. Okay, so on the theme of restraint, you can take some deep breaths in and out. And make a decision of where you'd like to focus your mind. So it could be, you can use the tip of your nose, or maybe you want to feel your chest expanding and relaxing. Or maybe you want to use your whole body kind of like we started like a balloon, your ribs expanding, your belly, but 
Pick one. And decide, make a decision that whatever you've chosen that you're going to do your best to keep your mind there, your attention there. And you may feel that desire, the impulse. Trying to pull your attention to another part of your body or to go down the path of a thought or a feeling but if you can keep your attention on that one area noticing just that one part of your breath it's the same thing as what we're doing on on Yom Kippur today. Just we're saying, not right now. Let's not go there. And of course, your mind will wander off. And so just bring yourself back. Because it's a practice. You can notice that each one of these breaths is unique. It's different. Some are deeper. Some are shallower. Some are slower. Some are faster. But each one brings with it a moment that we will never get back if we're not there to notice it. might notice that some of the same thoughts are pulling you. Just tell them, not right now. Maybe later. Right now, I'm paying attention to something else.
And of course your mind will pull you away, so... That's a gift. When you notice that you've been pulled away, then you can choose. You can make a decision about what to do next. I want to invite you to bring your attention back. Make the decision to bring your attention back. Taking a couple more of those straw breaths that we did in the beginning, a deep breath and then a long, slow exhale, like out through a straw. Do another one and really feel your sense of calm that's just right there beneath the surface. Just tap into that. And then put a smile on your face. I like to put a smile on my face when I finish practicing. Part of my spiritual practice. And you can notice, notice how, how good it feels to just practice a little bit together. And that's what happens when we practice. Is when we practice, there are practices that we do that actually overcome that hedonic treadmill that 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 thing that keeps us always at the same set point some of the practices that we do together actually take us from the set point here to a set point here and it's not that we won't struggle of course we're going to struggle still but where we live our lives will continue trending up and that's what we're looking for we're looking for the effect of the practice of kindness of patience of connection and compassion 
with that little thing inside us that says, do good, be good. And then we start to see how our own habits are creating our suffering. We begin to also then understand how that then happens to other people too. And that's, that's what compassion is. That's That's to love your fellow as yourself. When you learn to know yourself and love yourself, despite the difficulty, then you understand how it is to love other people. And that's why we're showing up today. That's, we want to suffer less. We want to be more awake. And we want to be kinder and want to walk through this world without causing intentional harm, right? So that we could feel closer to the divine. We'll be more grateful. So if you want to keep practicing with us, 7 p.m. Wednesday nights, the CBY Mindfulness Group meets. It's a free offering. It's an hour almost every week on a Wednesday evening. And we've been meeting over Zoom all throughout COVID. And uh, jmctx.org has all kinds of interesting um, uh, speakers. If you want to get on the list, then you'll hear about all of the different uh, retreats that we do throughout the year. And um, my name is Rav Ariel. So I'm saying thank you. Thanks again. Gemar Chatima Tova. May this day be a source of strength along your path and uh, let's keep learning together today is just one day right it's just one small bit of this entire year-long cycle of how we as jews stay connected and um, keep that connection alive day by day